All right, welcome back to the North Florida Wrestling Show, everybody. We appreciate you bearing with us through the Thanksgiving break. We hope you had a great one. Um, Dad, it's glad to have you back on the show after a, a little bit of an absence. Yeah, sometimes life and work gets in the way, but I'm um, glad to be back on. We have a hell of a guest with us on here today that we both know very well. All right, so we have a great guest on this uh, on the show today. It's a guy that we've uh, we've both known on and off throughout the years. Uh, his dad was a big reason we decided to go to uh, the Bay High School Tornadoes after my uh, eighth grade year. Um, sadly, didn't get to work with him as much as I would like to as a wrestler, but got to know him a lot more as a coach and as a person over the last couple of years. Uh, I'd like to introduce Bay High's own Mr. Zach Deaton. How you doing, Mr. Zach? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Man, not bad. You know, my shoulder's hurting, like we were talking about earlier. That guy tried to rip it off at the tournament, but, you know, I'm still here and still alive. Hey, I uh, I got a chance, knowing that this was going to happen, I got a chance to listen to some of the other guys. Uh, I, I followed a, a, a tough crowd there, but, man, how cool is it to listen to, you know, Mike Crowder and Jim Reap and, uh, Clay Allen and Glenn Faust and those guys and their life stories and and I, I I was sitting there taking notes. That was cool. I like your show. But man, hopping right into it. So so tell everybody about yourself. You know how you got started in wrestling. You know your your history with Bay High Tornadoes because we know it's extremely storied. I'm not sure if I had a choice about wrestling or not. I don't remember really. Uh, it's just something that I I knew I was gonna do. Uh, you know, Dad Dad obviously wrestled at Bay High. Uh, dad was a really good wrestler. He was, he was the first Bay High wrestler to ever make the state finals uh, back in 1982. Uh, and that same, the same day, one of his teammates, Chris Newdecker, made it, and he was the first state champion for Bay High. So, uh, you know, and then my grandmother was the wrestlerette coach uh, for 17 years under Coach Pewter. So when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine. They would take me to all the the matches, and back then there, you know, there was one or two tournaments, the Bay Invitational, and maybe a couple out of town. But most everything was dual meets, and uh, I think I could tell you the lineups from every team from you know early '90s to to pretty much now. Um, I was I was just a kid and a fan, and I'd get to go to the wrestling room and and watch Coach Feuder and uh, watch those guys, and you know they. That was back when, you know, they were a really good program, finishing, you know, top five in state several times. And, you know, he's sitting there watching these guys compete. And it was, you know, I that's I guess that's what hooked me. Uh, dad, you know, dad being a part of it. And uh, I think I started competing, you know, uh, I never competed before middle school. I didn't, you know, I wrestled in the wrestling rooms with those guys, but I, I didn't actually compete until I was in middle school. We had middle school wrestling back then. And uh, when I was in seventh grade, I went out for the team at Mowat. Uh, coach Daryl Hallman was, uh, was the coach back then. And, um, you know, I, obviously I came into it knowing some stuff, but that guy is a, he's a genius with, with young kids. Um, he, he was, uh, there was a reason he won one county championship after the other, um, you know, as a coach now back then, I don't know if I appreciated it as much, but as a coach now, you know, taking somebody that's never wrestled before a first year guy and, and, and having them go eight and two in a season, which we had 10 matches in those middle school seasons. But uh, 
that's a big deal, you know, and, and he was really good at it because he'd do it from the top to the bottom of the lineup. And so I was lucky to be a part of that program, seventh and eighth grade. Uh, I got to Bay High, you know, I was back then middle school was just, we just wrestled the six other middle schools in the county. We, uh, you know, the highest you could go was county championship, but I was county champion and, you know, dad, uh, my, my eighth grade year was, was Feuders last year. So my ninth grade year, dad took over, uh, and he had assisted through the years, Feuder on and off at different years. I think he assisted the 88, 89 team was the first time that he actually coached at Bay. So, you know, from 88 till 2022, he's, he hasn't been there the whole time, but he's been there on and off throughout the years. And, uh, you know, so in my ninth grade year, which was 99, 2000, he took over uh, when Feuder retired and I got to wrestle for him and uh, had some really good guys in that room. Uh, Carl Snyder, uh, Chris Snyder, Thomas Ray, uh, Walt Peacock, uh, David Yetterberg, Greg Means, all really good wrestlers back then. And uh, at least I thought they were. And uh, I got to, you know, I just, I tried to be a sponge and soak it up. And I got a lot better that year, you know. I think uh, that's when I knew that my freshman year, I think I played football, baseball, and and wrestling. And and then the next year, uh, my grandfather's the one that actually set me down. He was he's a big football guy. He played college football. He's a quarterback in college from Memphis State. He was football coach at Bay High. He's coached the only state championship team there. He uh, he was interim coach of that team. John Cobb was the head coach, but. Uh, you know, he's the one that came to me and said, look, you need to stop playing football. You're too small. You're going to get hurt. and You're pretty good at wrestling. You need to stick with it. And so I did it. And, uh, that, you know, that's that's how I got going in it. You definitely mentioned some names from the past there with uh, with Coach Hallman, which that was a good point on you. That he was very good at coaching uh, the younger guys. You know, that's a, that is definitely a skill that, that is underappreciated, taking that new kid and getting him up to speed. You know, it's – it's definitely a, a skill that I'm, I'm having to relearn myself, you know, starting yeah. to work with younger people. Um, it was impressive too, especially how he was able to put together like, boy, like 80, you know, 80 duels, 90 duels in a row. Winning. You know, you're only there, yeah, you know, they didn't like let that. you wrestle in sixth grade. So you only wrestle for two years. Uh, so I know two years of that program, but I know the two years there that we were there, uh, we were undefeated in County champions both years. And, uh, you know, he had it going on, you know, that, Carpe Diem. That's, that's what, that's what Carpe Diem was it was name. a Surfside, Surfside middle school was our, that was our little rivalry is Moet and Surfside. And we were able to beat him in the, in the tournament one year, my seventh grade year, but they, I don't think we ever beat him in a, in a dual meet. They kept that, that going, which they said it speaks, you know, volumes of, of coach Hallman. I know my dad was smiling when he mentioned old Thomas Ray too. I, I remember watching Thomas where Thomas was one of the first ones that I grew up because my dad actually pointed to Thomas and was like, hey, you know, watch him. He's really good. Because I remember he's, he went over to Arnold whenever Arnold opened up in Bay High. Like, what had happened with that? Did Bay High, like, y'all like, yeah, like, like lost like half y'all's roster, right? That crushed us, man. So, um, you know, my ninth grade year, I, I know this, to make to make varsity as a ninth grader, I had to uh, I had to wrestle off three days in a row. I had to wrestle third string, second string, and then I got to wrestle off for varsity. Um, but that was pretty much every weight class. We we were deep. We had a really good team. We had returning state qualifiers, returning state placers. Um, 
and and the school was big. Football team was really good. Uh, you know, and then tenth grade, uh, Arnold opened up. Uh, so ninth and tenth grade, we were two A actually. You know, Bay High is one A now and has been ever since Arnold opened. But my ninth and tenth grade year, we were two A. And which is, you know, back then, I, I even, don't quote me on this, but I think South Dade was 2A back then. Uh, I know Brandon was, uh, and that's back when, you know, they they were kind of in their glory years with, uh, you know, Cesar Garjales and Rocky Cozart and uh, David Craig and all those guys that went on to be, you know, four and five timers. They were, uh, they were a year or two under me, but, um, you know, Brandon would be at the Capital City Classic every year back then. Uh, you know, we'd see South Dade at tournaments back then and uh, getting to wrestle people like that. You know, when we dropped to one day, it kind of changed. Well, it seemed like at that time, too, because I remember everybody telling me that all these, you know, tough teams would come to up, up to Capital City Classic. And by that time, I think my ninth grade year, Durant came. But then after that, it was pretty much a primarily North Florida, North Florida affair. So I was always looking for like brands to come up and everything because I heard all these stories about it. You always oh, yeah. you talking about talk about, you know, you just you talk about making the varsity team as a ninth grader and talk about your experiences, you know, as a wrestler wrestling for Bay High. Yeah, um, you know, I don't I don't ask me to tell you what my record was, um, you know, and what's really funny uh, you know, something that I relate to you a lot on, I think I told you, I know I told you this, uh, but it sticks in my head. I still walk into the practice room sometimes and think about what I'm about to tell you. But, you know, last summer, I forget how I ran into your dad, probably at a wrestling match or something, but, you know, he told, he gave me your number. So, you know, you need to get up with Jordan, uh, you know, see what he's up to, see if y'all can get together wrestling. And I linked up with you last summer. We were running a coastline practice and uh, you came in. And, you know, taught you bar series, which was right, you know, exactly what, what I want you to do, that that nasty bar series that you have, and you know, hipping down and crossways cradle and hipping the other way and barbed wire and wings and halves. And so you came in and showed that. But when you came in, you had a, a notebook with you and you had everything that you wanted to teach written down on that notebook. Uh, and, man, that resonated with me so much because uh, the first time, my very first experience with, with coaching uh, and I'll, I'll never forget it. And, you know, when I started coaching at Bay, uh, before dad started this round, you know, was 2016 under Vern Barth, who was the coach at the time and the athletic director. Uh, and he, he is probably one of the best coaches I've ever been around in my life. The guy, uh, absolutely loves kids. He could get a kid to buy into anything. Uh, I think when he took over that program, he had 10 or 12 kids and, when he left in 18, they were 42 kids and they were district champs. Um, and, but he didn't know a lot about wrestling and he was wide open about that. And the first practice I walked into, he was showing a, a he was showing a belly wizard to the team on YouTube. They were kind of sitting around, he was showing it to him. And I walked in, you know, after practice had started, after I got off work. And as soon as I walked in, Hey Zach, you know how to do a belly wizard? I'm like, yeah, no problem. You know? And, I knew two kids on the team. My little brother was on the team and, and I knew his buddy, Trey. So I, Aaron and Trey, y'all come out here and, you know, Trey, you do this, Aaron, you do this. And about halfway through it, I realized I didn't know what, what to tell him next. And uh, so I, all right, come here, Aaron. And I just hit the belly wizard. So the, the muscle memory was there. Uh, I hit it just as good as I ever had, but I couldn't, I couldn't walk him through it. And so that whole first year, I would do what you did. I'd write everything down on a notepad before I got to practice to make sure I wasn't screwing up teaching these kids. And 
Um, you know, so that was that resonated a lot with me. I don't know how we got Dude. off track right there on that, but no, you're fine. I mean, I'm still I'm still getting story. back into it. I was still getting back into it because like I kind of I think I got complacent because I was coaching high schooler kids for a while and I'm like all right cool I'm explaining to them exactly how like they're hitting it perfect it's not taking too much I'm like I got a little too cocky and then now I'm teaching like kids who are like six seven eight you know nine ten years old and it's like trying to explain it in a completely different language so I still yeah. got my notebook, but like a lot of times I'm just like, man, am I even explaining this right? Because like you said, it's like, you know, I can I can get out there and I can do it. But even saying that, though, because like, you know, this weekend, you know, I know that like the guys that I wrestled were, you know, 50, 100 pounds more than me. But still, like I could tell watching back on my cup, you know, my technique's a little sloppy because, you know, I've been getting away with wrestling, you know, different people not up to that, like, you know, sharpening level, which nothing against them, but that, you know, that just shows that I got to go back and I got to rethink how I'm doing it myself. Like when I'm wrestling, you know, with some of the high school kids, the older kids, like making those adjustments in my mind and think it's definitely, you know, like, like, you know, circling back to, to coach Hallman and, and I was coached by coach Landon over at Surfside. And I think he had the same kind of thing as Hallman. It was, he was very good at coaching, you know, younger kids that were starting from ground zero. That's such a yeah. difficult thing to do. Um, speaking of your boys, I saw, I saw Sanchez this, uh, this weekend. Uh, Leo. Yeah. He came up. He he's like, he's like, you look like you lost a little bit of weight. And I was like, man, I've been trying. Yeah. Hey, I, I love Leo, man. He's a good kid. Dude, he's, he, good he's, kid. Bulk, he's, he's bulked up. Yeah. They all have, man. They, uh, Leo, um, tore his labrum at the clay rotary last year. He was wrestling a clay kid in the, uh, in the Conti semis, uh, a kid that was really good, went on to be a state qualifier, uh, last name Gavin for clay, uh, at 113 pound last year, but he was wrestling Gavin. Gavin had double boots on him and went and run a power half. Uh, the match stopped, you know, Leo saying he's hurt. I went out there and are you okay? And it, it seemed fine. Uh, so he kept wrestling, uh, and after the match, you know, we we looked at it again. Uh, I actually had Travis Laxton's mother, who's a trainer. Uh, I asked her to go out to the parking lot with me and look at Leo, and she looked at it and put him through these exercises, and that thing popped right out of place. And I mean, it was, you know, made you know one of the things that make you cringe when you see it, and like, okay, you're done. And uh, we had a lot of help with that. We had uh, one of Dad's best friends as a doctor here in town. Uh, and uh, he he put us in contact with uh, one of the leading uh, sports guy, sports doctors in, in Florida. And that guy had a, a custom shoulder brace made for Leo sent that week. Uh, and, and he wrestled districts and regionals with a torn labrum. And then two days after regionals, he got surgery. So he spent his summer uh, in, in recovery from from shoulder surgery. Um, but he, his dad was a, uh, a semi-pro boxer, which I didn't know. And I've coached Leo now for two years. I didn't know that until this happened. So when I found that out, I was like, look, man, game over. There's no better sport uh, to teach a wrestler footwork than boxing. I said, I want you, you know, you can't, you can't punch, but, you know, get your dad to show you, you know, his footwork when he has a jab or his footwork when he has a, a hook or, you know, get him to walk you through that stuff. And, man, he came back. Uh, into coastlines practices in at very end of the summer, right before we were shutting down summer practices. And when he walked in there, I knew right. I mean, as soon as he started moving, I knew that he had been working all summer. 
uh, you know, on his footwork. He's still rusty on his technique a little bit, but it'll come around. But, you know, by March, he'll be in a good place, I think, you know. Well, I mean, it's such a, I'm a big fan of any kind of cross training. You know, I think that there's so many different types of sports that, you know, help give you different movements. You know, like you said, that because I do remember I do remember Sanchez not being, you know, the quickest of uh, of feet. Uh, if I remember, I, I remember picking him a couple of times. He's fast now, boy. I can't hey, keep man. up with him sometimes. Dude, I'm, dude, I'm excited. Fast. I I was uh, I saw him. I was like, man, you wrestling? He goes, no, nah, not wrestling this one. So I think he said something about healing up or or something like that. But he yeah, looks up. Yeah, I'm I, excited. I I you know we had our middle school kids at that tournament. Um, the the middle school kids from Walton County on Travis's side. Uh, we had them there, and we had uh, a couple of elementary kids, but the high school kids didn't run. We don't run high school AAU during the during the FHSA season. So 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 ninth grade. I mean, don't. I have no idea what my record was. Um, it was a winning record. I, I got to uh, I got to the blood round at regionals, um, and and I lost a really close one. I, I don't know who I lost to, uh, but I know exactly what happened in the match. Uh, I, I rolled an Oklahoma cradle. Um, I got a takedown, and I got near fall, uh, but I got two near falls. So I got four points. I was down by five. Um, and and I thought that I unlocked the cradle and went behind and then locked up the cradle again uh, and then rolled a second Oklahoma cradle. And, and I held that guy there for the next 20 seconds thinking I had just won the match. Uh, but I didn't get that second set of uh, near fall there um, because, because apparently I hadn't undone the lock. So, uh, you know, I, I missed out on going to state my freshman year. Um, and then sophomore year came, I, I spent that summer, uh, we went to a team camp at App State. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't have club back then. Uh, we didn't do freestyle at that time, but uh, went to the team camp at App State, wrestled a lot with my dad that summer in the living room. And I think he got a little mat and put it in his shed out back and got a lot better that summer. Uh, ended up making state 10th grade. Uh, I think I went maybe one and two, didn't place. Uh, I did I did really good my junior year. Uh, ended up finishing third in state that year. Uh, finished third in state, but I placed second in district, second in regionals, and uh, and then third in state. Uh, placed second in districts to Zeke Hayeswinkle. Placed second in regionals to Zeke Hayeswinkle. Placed third at state below Zeke Hayeswinkle at second and JT Taylor at first. Uh, so I, I couldn't get you know I, I couldn't get past Zeke. That's, um, that's a tough. That's a, that's two tough guys to you know finish second. You know first. You know what's cool team. is I still keep up with those guys. Um, I talk to JT a lot. Uh, not a lot. I I talk to him you know once a month probably. Um, last year, I had JT. Uh, I got my whole team in and had JT uh, talk to him about what it what it takes to become a champion, a state champion, and then what it takes to you know. To, to stay on top and, and what he recommends to new wrestlers. And and he did that for an hour with the whole team sitting there watching the, it was a video chat kind of like this and they got to see him. He got to see them. Um, that was good for them. But yeah, I, you know, I tell my kids, that, you know, I, I did a lot in wrestling, but that medal is one of my most proud medals because, um, you know, because I have so much respect for JT Taylor. He's such a, He's such a great wrestler and he's such a great guy. If you get if you get a chance to talk to him or know him, 
Uh, he started the Youth Impact Center down there where he's at. That's taken off. He's doing really good. Um, but, yeah, he was – you know, my junior year, uh, P.J. Colbert became just the – I believe he was the second or the third four-time state champion ever in Florida. And the, and the person to do it before him was Glenn Goodman back in the 70s. So, P.J. PJ bridged a, a huge gap, you know. And what's super cool about JT, JT did it the next year. And, you know, this was this past summer. I was talking on the phone to JT and I said, how, how did you, how did you have the, you know, the mental acuity as a freshman to be able to go out and be a state champ? He said, Zach, I got lucky. He said, my coach, when I was a uh, summer before my ninth grade year, he took me up to Jacksonville and we were rolling around and uh, this guy, PJ Colbert was there. He was a junior going into his, or he was a, a uh, freshman going into a sophomore year and he had won state title as a freshman. My coach pointed him out to me and he told me about him. And, and I, he said, I looked at my coach. I said, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And so he went and did it. And, uh, you know, he told that story to my team and, and my team has adopted that motto. You know, if he can do it, I can do it. And it's so simple, but that never crossed my mind. You know, I never, I never looked at Zeke or, or Brandon Helton or Sean Tector or, JT Taylor or any of those guys that I went head to head with all the time. I never looked at them and said, if they can do it, I can do it. I looked at them and said, how am I going to catch these guys? You know what I mean? And I think that's the difference between a, a state champion and a, and a guy like myself that plays third and fourth and, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, so it's senior year uh, that year started uh, Zeke ranked one in the state. I was ranked two. Me and him had both bumped up two weight classes. It was 140 back then, and, and JT had stayed at 130. So Zeke was one in the state. I was two. Uh, and, again, same story at districts and regionals. Uh, Zeke first, me second at districts and regionals. Um, and then the guy that placed fourth in our region, Joe Green from University Christian, um, he beat Zeke in the semifinals – or, excuse me, he beat me in the semifinals. And uh, Zeke got beat by a kid from Key West. And then the next match, Joe won state. So he plays fourth at Regions. And the next week, he was a state champion. Um, so, and, and I never won. I never won regionals because of, because of Zeke, you know. Um, but two of, the, two of the best guys I could have ever met, they both uh, have impacted my life in a big way, you know. Um, and Brandon Helton, too. Brandon Helton from McCullough, he plays second twice at state. Um, and and Brandon and I are great friends. He was in, he was at my wedding, and we still keep up uh, every every year that we go to Acala. Uh, Brandon will bring Brandon will come up there to the tournament, and I make him show my whole team an ankle pick because he's got the best ankle pick I've ever seen in my life. Um, so yeah, I still keep up with those guys. Uh, I would I would still be in touch with Sean Tector had he not passed away. I mean, all all the guys that we competed against back then were, you know, we don't talk every day, but when we talk, it's you feel like you just left off, you know? So the yeah. relationships about it are really cool for me. Yeah. They go, I mean, the relationships, they go past the, they go past the medals and the tournaments. And, you know, like I said, that's a big reason why, you know, I love, I'm glad, I, I'm glad that my kids are into it and I get to go to these tournaments and see, you know, yourself with your kids and see all these other people, see coach Burns, you know, still stressing himself out about kids that aren't even his you know, like, you know, that, that, that brings a smile to my face, you know? So it, it's, it's good to be able to talk about all these people. Um, I, I think I learned something new from coach Burns every time he comes around. That, that guy's like an encyclopedia of wrestling. 
I learned that I will never, uh, I will never not disappoint him in a match. Like even at, even at the tournament, me wrestling up against a guy, a hundred pounds, he comes off and he has all these things. He's like, you know what you should do? And this is what he's listening to all the things I can't do. And he's like, you know what you should do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, coach. Like, tell me, tell me what I need to do to win this match. He, he reminds me a lot of coach Mulligan. Uh, you know, he, he floats around every room in town. He doesn't stick. He, he doesn't play favorites, and, uh, you know, Coach Mulligan was a lot like that. He he was best friends with Bob Hunt, who coached Mosley. He was best friends with Joe Levine, who coached Rutherford back then, uh, and, and he bounced around to those programs, even though he coached at Bay, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Coach Burns reminds me a lot of him in that regard. Let me just go ahead and throw in my respect for Zach and, and his dad, and it's um... – I think it's a testament to our sport where you have, um, you know, multiple generations that, that get involved and further the sport. And, and I've been meaning to tell uh, Zach this every time I see him at tournaments that, you know, I'm very proud of him, that he's, um, you know, taken the, uh, you know, the past from his dad and, and has continued the sport and the Deaton name. And um, it just tickles me to death to see what you're doing over there um with the clubs and uh the the comprehensive things that you're doing over there i think that it's going to bode well for the future of north florida wrestling and i've caught a little bit about a little about what you said in the intro about uh you know being a tough act to follow as far as uh, the guests that we've had on but don't sell yourself short man you know you're a <clears throat> as far as jordan and and i are concerned um you know you are you know, you're a you're a titan in in this area for sure. And and um, I had the good fortune of um, seeing many of your matches uh, at the later end of your career. That's when I was getting into officiating, you know, full time. So, again, don't sell yourself short, man. You're you you belong in the company that we've had on here. And 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 we are very appreciative of um, you taking your time out. And I want to point out another thing, man, that I actually heard today. I did a tournament in Valdosta. And um, the Bay High Invitational, which, as we all know, back in the day was a meat eater tournament. It was uh, it was one of the preeminent tournaments in North Florida. And I was told today, which I, I'm going to be officiating that this year. I was told that you have quite a field um, in that tournament this year. So explain a little bit how you've been able to evolve that back into a a prominent tournament where for a couple of years it had kind of fallen down a little bit. So what, what has been in, what kind of work has gone into doing that and what's it look like this year? Yeah. Um, so first of all, uh, talking about those other guests and, and you making those comments, that's, that's humbling, but uh, you can say what you want, but I don't belong in that category. Them guys are legends in this sport around, you know, around <laughs> Florida. So, but, but thank you uh, very much for those kind of words. Um, yeah, so uh, the Bay Invitational, which is now known as the George Mulligan Memorial, okay? Uh, Bay Invitational was started by uh, Frank Feuder, or excuse me, I, I believe Coach Frank Feuder started it, yep. And uh, it was always a Christmas event. And it was, like you said, it was a meat grinder, but Bay High was really good back then. Uh, coach Feuder was a really good coach. He just got nominated this year for the Hall of Fame, so we'll – little uh shout out there if any of you out here listening are hall of fame voters and you haven't voted yet 
uh, Coach Frank Pewter's name is on the ballot, and uh, he he is a really really deserving candidate in my opinion. Uh, but to go back, um, I'm not sure when the Bay Invitational ended, uh, but sometime in the 2000s it dropped. Uh, it didn't just kind of flake out; it just went away. Um, and there was five or six years, or maybe more, where there was no tournament. Um, and the the way that it came back, uh, the way the way that the the tournament came back was it wasn't me; it was Dad. Um, you know, Coach George Mulligan um, is one of the first people in the history of Rutgers University to be an All-American. There, he placed fourth in the NCAA championships in, in 1955. Uh, he started the first wrestling program in Bay County, which was Bay High, but it was a club team. It was all freestyle. He did that in 1959. Uh, and then and then the Bay High program got started in the 70s. Uh, so did Mosley's and so did Rutherford's. And he was instrumental in both of those as well. Uh, him and Coach Bob Hunt were very best friends. They would travel in the summer doing freestyle. Uh, when, when Coach Hunt wanted to start Mosley, you know, Coach Mulligan was right there with him, helping him. Um, but Coach Mulligan passed away in 2018. And uh, Dad, at the time, Vern Barth was the head coach at Bay High. I was assisting there. And the, and the way that I got drug into coaching there, you know, Dad wasn't there at the time. Uh, but my little brother, uh, my mother and my stepfather are military. Uh, and they were stationed overseas in, in England. And uh, they moved home, took early retirement, unexpectedly ended up in Panama City his junior year. Uh, so it was a chance for me to, you know, I figured the way I saw it, I had two years and he was off to college. So I went knocking on Coach Barr's door, you know, can I please help you? And uh, he let me, uh, he let me help him coach. And uh, he let me and Aaron have the room quite a bit over those two years. Uh, and I ended up running a summer program for him, which is kind of what got me deep into it. And then he he took a job uh, coaching at his uh, son's elementary school. And that's uh, that's about the time that Coach Mulligan passed away. And we were at Coach Mulligan's funeral and the 82 team that the dad was a senior on. Uh, I believe they placed fourth in the state that year. It was a really good team. Uh, they were all at the funeral. Um, and, and they all went out afterwards to celebrate, uh, coach Mulligan's life. We started at, at his family's house and then went out from there. And by the end of that night, they had talked him into coaching coach Mulligan, uh, um, you know, it was a big, big deal to them. So dad's first, first goal when he started back was to bring back the Bay Invitational. Um, and, and he was going to rename it the George Mulligan Memorial. And so that's what he did. And, uh, you know, the first year we had 18 teams, which was a good for us because he died, you know, late before we had a chance to really advertise for the event. So we were happy to have 18 teams. And then year two was COVID and we had 18 teams again, and it was just the panhandle teams. Uh, year three uh, was COVID restricted. So we had 18 teams a third year in a row. Uh, the Georgia and Alabama teams couldn't come down. So this year is our first year with, you know, the tournament having a name and no restrictions. So, yeah, we've got 31 teams coming, um, you know, from 18 last year to 31 committed right now um, and good teams. We got four Georgia teams coming, one Alabama team coming uh, and some good Florida teams. You know, 
there's teams that are committed that uh, it's the same weekend as state duels. Uh, we wanted to bring it back in Christmas, but there was already some stuff going on. And, and this, when we brought the tournament back, this was the open weekend. And so we chose that weekend. And, uh, you know, so there's some teams committed like Swanee uh, who had, you know, they're one of the favorites to, to win the regionals and be in Kissimmee that weekend. But we get full refunds to the teams that, that, that qualify for state, you know, so they pay their entry now and, we give them a refund if they qualify. Um, so we'll lose maybe one or two or three of those those 31 teams to state duels because it's also state duels weekend for Alabama and Georgia. Um, but yeah, to have to have 31 teams there, uh, to have that you know associated with Coach Mulligan's name, um, you know if, if you take Coach Mulligan out of Bay County, Bay County might not have wrestling until the 80s. You know what I mean? And instead, it was early 60s. So. Uh, a big deal and having you know a college all-american back then come down was a, a big deal too he was he was an educator and he was a teacher so that was that was a big deal well see that's what i'm talking about zach and that's why i feel that you know you belong in the company that we've that we've had on that you know you're still a relatively young man but yet you have your finger on the pulse of of the uh his historical aspect of wrestling in our area and you know i think that although you may not consider yourself a legend now you're certainly a legend in the making and i don't i don't think that it's just solely what you did on the mat as a competitor you've mentioned so many you know you've mentioned so many great people that have been in the sport coach feuder coach hallman your dad and you're falling right in that line and um again don't sell yourself short and just the fact that you know, you, you know, yeah, your dad is, uh, is instrumental in, in, in bringing back the, the competition with the, you know, with the Bay Invitational now renamed in Memorial, but, you know, every event that I officiate that I see Bay, Bay High at, you are there and you are Matt side and you are teaching and you are coaching and mentoring. So yeah. again, don't, don't sell yourself short on that. We, we, you know, Jordan and I both, we, we talk a lot, certainly off the air about, people that are, um, you know, colleagues of ours, influential in our lives, and that we consider, um, you know, tremendous ambassadors of the sport, and, and you fall right in there. So I did want to tell you that today at the Valdosta tournament, I did I did talk to one of the uh, the coaches that's bringing their team down, and, and, and um, I did my best to hype that up and to spread the word about it so you know i'm in the hopes that it you know it just continues to take off from here and you know you get some you know preeminent comp, you know competition throughout the year so i think that i think it's back on the map and i think it's back on the map to stay thanks to you and your dad and all the hard work that you've put into it yeah i hope so you know valdosta is one of the committed teams uh, thomas county central is one of the committed teams up there in georgia uh, but yeah, I, you know, I hope so. Um, we'll see. It, some of them guys are, are a pretty regular staple at their state tournament. So they're committed now, you know, if they make state, they won't be there. Um, but yeah, talking about those other names, I mean, uh, I think, I think a lot of times people, you know, it got big for me, you know, digging back into the history when we start, when Travis Laxton and I started coastline, uh, you know, and, uh, and, what what I realized, at least coaching at Bay, is when, when, when we when we when Dad and I took over from Coach Barth, we had five kids in the room. We thought we were taking over a team with with thirty seven kids, 
and uh, you know returning district champs, and we ended up taking over five, a, a team of five from Hurricane Michael's devastation. And uh, I realized real quick that culture was going to be a big deal. You know that uh, we didn't have the athletes in the room to teach the new kids how to wrestle. We didn't have the returning state qualifiers to teach the new guys. So we had to, you know, highlight the culture of Bay High. So we had to teach them about, you know, Coach Frank Feuder and Coach George Mulligan and Coach Jim Lawson and and Dad and, uh, you know, all the guys that did it before. And I mean, I didn't mention earlier, but, you know, Skip uh, Skip over at Mosley, you know, he, he started coaching my junior year, uh, 2001. Uh, so I didn't get to know him too well. I, I, I wrestled against him twice, you know, two years in a row. And then I went off to college and, and and then I didn't have anything to do with wrestling for five or six years after college, but that's another one, you know, stepping into coaching, you know, when he came back into coaching three or four years ago, I got a chance to get to know him. And man, I picked up a ton from him about as far as, you know, he, he's big on management, you know, uh, you know, having the right people around you and, and uh, you know, making sure that your kids have the right resources to tap into that type of thing. So, you know, talking about these other guys, I mean, I, you know, Glenn Faust, y'all had him on the show. He's, he's one of the board members for Coastline. Uh, I pick his brain as much as I can. I mean, all, all these guys that have done it before, you're trying to do the same thing they've done. So, I mean, I wish, you know, I wish that, uh, I wish that I could, uh, I'd known sooner about, about the guys that you had on your show. I just listened to them this week, but I'm telling you, there's some of those I'm going to push replay on several times. Um, you know, just the, the culture and knowing who was in front of you and making sure the people that are wrestling now know about what they did. Uh, if you really want to build wrestling, then you got to you got to have a foundation and they are the foundation. So, I mean, if, if we're going to get Bay High back on the map, if we're going to build a, a, a state competitive team here, which is the goal, then, man, we got to we got to let these kids know you know, who was here before them, you know, so that's important to us. Well, I think, I mean, that, that highlights what my dad was saying about you and, you know, like you said, you're relatively young. And one thing that you're definitely not afraid to do is ask somebody else a question on like, you know, I, you know, I, I see you all the time and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. You'll be like, Hey, can you show this kid this series real quick? Hey, I know you're good at can you know, you know that most of the time people are going to be like, yeah, sure. I have, I have a second to, to spare. I'll show you. Like, you're more than welcome to, like, bring in these other people to teach your kid. And I think that's what's going to Let me tell you, I, let me tell you how that happened because you'll get a kick um, out of it. Okay. Uh, when I was a freshman at Bay High, this was back when you had those camcorders that sat on your shoulder and you looked through the little eye hole. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Dad had one of them. Dad figured out something that, uh, that changed the way I wrestle. Okay. He, uh, about, I think it was about halfway through my freshman year. If a kid took me down, then after the match, I had to take dad's camcorder, had to go track that kid down, and I had to make him teach me that move on camera. And then I had to go home and learn it. Uh, so I probably drove Sam Hayeswinkle crazy for two years. You know what I mean? I never wrestled Sam, but dad would see something that Sam did or something Nate Thornton did. And they were at every tournament we were at because Pensacola, Panama city, right there together. Uh, I never wrestled Sam or Nate, but man, he'd make me go. He'd see something they do. Go get him to teach you that. Go get him to teach you that. 
and I spent the next three years doing it. I mean, my senior year, I didn't get taken down much, so it wasn't a big deal. But uh, it, my freshman and sophomore and junior year, you can ask the guys, Brandon Helton, you wouldn't believe how many times I had to get him to teach me a move. And you want to talk about embarrassing? Man, I was so embarrassed, you know, but he made me do that, and it made me better. And, and now that I coach, I mean, last year at Border Wars, uh, I'm sitting in the corner. I'm watching a match. I'm watching my guys wrestle, and I'm hearing something behind me that I've never heard before. I'm hearing wrist trap, wrist trap. And I'm like, what is he talking about, you know? Well, I turn around, and it's P.J. Colbert yelling at one of his kids. And I sat there, watched his next match. I sat on the side waiting for P.J. to say wrist trap so I could figure out what the kid's doing. And he said it, and I still didn't know what was going on. I'm watching the match, listening to him call out the move. Like, what in the world? So the match gets over, and I walk up to PJ. I'm like, hey, man, you're going to have to tell me what you're yelling this wrist trap about because I've, I've watched you, I've heard you, and I still can't tell what's going on. And Hey, he showed me that move, and I promise you right now, every kid on my team knows it. You know what I mean? And and they wouldn't if it weren't for that. So, yeah, I think I think guys that uh, that that try to try to say that they did it all or they're the reason why. I mean, I tell my kids all the time: if if you get a medal at state, your name's going up there on that banner in that gym, and my name's not going to be next to it. You know, because I didn't win it, you did. You know, and uh, but it ain't just me. I, if if I'm in there coaching those kids by myself, you know, uh, Coach Mulligan was in my corner. Uh, when I was in the state semifinals, you know, I practiced with Coach Mulligan every day. I practiced with my dad every day, uh, Coach Hallman. Um, anybody that's ever taught me how to wrestle, if I'm in there teaching, you know, it might as well be them speaking because I learned it from somebody else. And, and yeah, so I try to learn every chance I get. I, I, I'm, I, I am not too proud to come ask a coach to show me how that their kid just did that move or or ask a coach, hey, man, how do you get these kids to believe in themselves? Because that's a big deal for me. I, I've got a couple talented kids in my room uh, that are young. You know, I've got a couple that have just been wrestling for a year, and they're talented. I mean, they're good, and they got good quick. One of them pinned the number three kid in the state a couple a few weeks back. and But, man, you got to get them to believe in themselves. You know, he's, he's doing this, but he still he still doesn't know who he is or what he is, and you know, um, and there, I've got several on the team like that. So that's a, you know, listening to Coach Reap and listening to Coach Crowder and uh, Skip and all those guys you interviewed talking about that. Yeah, you can bet I'm taking notes. You know what I mean? And I do it to every time I'm, you know, me and Travis Laxton are really good buddies. And uh, it's not a bunch that Coach Lax, Coach David Laxton's in town. But, man, when he is, you know, at Travis's wedding, the night of Travis's wedding, I wasn't in Coach Laxton's, Coach David Laxton's room, getting him to teach me his sweep single leg, you know, and he was teaching me with a with a chair in his room. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll never stop doing that for sure. Well, and that's my point, Zach, is that you know, any good coach is going to learn anything that they can, anywhere that they can, you know, and and you kind of hit it on the head that, you know, when you when you get to a point where you think you know it all, then you stop learning and you start regressing, you know, yeah. and, and uh, I want to touch on something. I want to touch on something that you just said about getting an individual to believe in themselves. And a lot of time um, that, that belief is instilled from the coach um, at the very inexperienced level when you know it as well as I do, there's a lot of coaches out there that, that are they counter coach you know they they coach by negative feedback they coach by 
um, emphasizing what you did wrong instead of making it a learning experience. So I, I do want I do want to pick your brain a little bit about um, where you think the state of the the club scene is currently now in North Florida because Jordan and I talk talk about this a lot and. As you know, we had a club back in the you know the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and and um, it's a, quite a challenge to coach the very young and inexperienced. So, a uh, two-part question here: What you know? How do you see the club scene now, North Florida, across the North Florida area? And two, what is your personal philosophy, teaching mode, method when it comes to the the younger guys say that five six seven eight nine ten year olds what you know how do you approach that as a coach so for the younger guys um uh, I'm, I'm not with the crowd on this one um uh, i've got a six-year-old he started wrestling last year at five uh, his record was one and nine he had one win and nine losses and in those 10 matches uh he didn't hear me in the corner say the word sprawl he didn't hear me say half. He didn't hear me say cradle uh, because he didn't know what any of that was. You know, he wrestled his first year of competition last year. I never taught him a half. I never taught him a sprawl. Uh, what I had my own, my eye on with him was how was he going to develop athletically. Um, and so I wanted him to go out there and wrestle and have fun. You know, I wanted him to go out there and and play and enjoy what he was doing. And and I wanted to see how he moved. So the things that I taught him uh, were footwork and, and stance and stance in motion. Uh, and, and the only move that I taught him last year, his first year, the only move that I taught him was a shot. Uh, I taught him one shot. I didn't teach him 10 shots. I taught him one shot. I didn't teach him how to do a half. Now, there was times in matches where I would walk him through a half under the arm, over the neck, circle the head, but I didn't say the word half. I didn't teach him a move, and uh, he was one and nine, but from from the first match he wrestled to the last one last season, I saw a gigantic improvement that the records don't show, um, but I knew it was there. And then this summer, I didn't I, – he comes to practice with me when I coach the high school kids in, in the club stuff, you know. He'll come and he'll sit there and watch and play his, play his switch or whatever. Um, but this summer, I didn't let him compete. I didn't enter him in any tournaments this summer. And then last month, I put him in a tournament at North Bay Haven and wasn't planning on it. I was taking my high school kids to that one. And that morning when I got up to go, he said, Daddy, I want to wrestle today. I said, well, grab your shoes, get in the truck. We're, we're running late. Let's go. And, and we got there. I weighed him in. And uh, he went three and two. After one and nine last year, he went three and two. And everybody said, man, you've been working with him. He's looking a lot better. I said, I ain't done nothing. And all I did was, you know, teach him how to do footwork in his first year and then gave him a summer off to let it all sink in, you know, and uh, to let to let his little mind wrap around what was going on. Because, you know, at age five and age six, these kids aren't mature enough to understand, you know, you can teach a six-year-old a cradle easy and they will duplicate it they will do it just like you did it but in my mind they don't know why they're doing it and they don't know what positions best to do it at 
uh, and they don't know the right time to hit it. And sometimes instead of getting points, they'll go for a cradle. And I teach my kids, even at the high school level, position over points every time, position over points. And so with the younger kids, to answer your question, I focus on position. I focus on athleticism, body movements. A lot of my practices are fun and games and getting these kids to move. So, you know, because as a high school coach, I see these kids. We don't get a lot of them at Bay, but I see them, you know, that have wrestled for five, six, seven years before they get to ninth grade and had some success as eighth and seventh graders. But then they get to ninth grade and they're they're getting their butt whooped, you know, at least once a weekend when everybody's thinking they're going to be a four-time state champion. The, the reason why, in my opinion, is that they learned a head and arm or they learned a, a, a decent double leg or whatever at too young of an age, and they never learned the proper positioning and the proper technique to go through with it because, you know, it just worked. And once it works, they hold on to whatever it is, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And so with my kid, and, and I can only speak to my kid, but and, and his little practice partners, there's seven or eight young elementary kids we got out there, but I focus on fundamentals. I focus on on stance and stance and motion and movement. And the way he went through in three and two at that last tournament, every takedown he got was the same takedown. He just ran around behind the guy and tripped him forward. And I didn't teach him that. He figured that out. He knew he had to get behind the guy. And he's fast enough and athletic enough to do it. But he wasn't last year. You know, it's just because he let himself develop and he took some time off. So I'm different with the crowd on the young kids. I, I think these young kids are overcooked and uh, – and I don't like it. I, I mean, I love that young kids are wrestling. You know what I mean? I just when I see a when I see a seven year old throwing in legs and trying to run a guillotine, uh, you know, I was doing that when I wrestled for Coach Holman in seventh grade because my dad had taught me that. And I remember he jumped my butt about it. And dad didn't like, you know, that he could that I couldn't do what he coached me to do. But, you know, let it all come hindsight 2020 and I start to appreciate, you know, young kids have to develop and you gotta let them, you know. So that's the way I see the young kids. As far as the club scene, I think it's awesome, man. I think, I think all these guys are, uh, you know, are really, are really, all these coaches are really helping out, you know. Well, I definitely agree with you on, you know, letting the kids develop at their own pace. You know, even with the new kids, like my, like I'm doing this kind of what you're doing with my youngest. You know, I'm just, I don't really care about the record. You know, just go out there and just starting to adjust it as it goes. Um, but you know, my oldest, even you know, he's 11. Um, and he's, he's start, I, I didn't want to push him too hard on it too. Like, cause I want him to love wrestling because, you know, he falls in love with it himself, not because I'm doing it. And I think he kind of hit that point this weekend where he, he went two and two and lost to, you know, the two kids he lost, to were pretty good. And then the two kids that he beat, like, you know, he sees that distance between it. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is just you showing up and, you know, putting in the work. Now, if you want to get good at this, like, you know, all you got to do is tell me, hey, I, I'd like to get good at this and bring all some trophies and medals. And I'm like, all right, you know, let's get to work. But, you know, I don't want to do that over, you know, over forcing on them. But you know, speaking of your kids and everything. So uh, before we, you know, let you get get to your uh, your evening, how's the Bay High Tornadoes high school team looking this season? How you how you um, you got any prospects, um, any state qualifiers, any chance to bring home some hardware? Uh, we definitely have a chance to bring home some hardware. We had a, a big transfer uh, that took place just before the season started. Mosley's uh, top wrestler transferred yeah. to Bay. I, I meant to ask you about that. Yeah, uh, Derek Williams, he's a junior. Uh, he placed fifth as a sophomore last year. And, you know, I had seen him compete. And I know that he, he wrestled on Team Florida this summer. 
uh, freestyle and Greco, I believe, for the juniors. Um, so I knew that he was good. I didn't know exactly what he was, but after having him in the room for a few weeks, I mean, he's the real deal. You know, he's he's uh, he's a, he's got a real chance to be a state champion this year. I mean, he's a he's a good wrestler, um, and there's not a whole bunch of of growing that he has to do to get to a state champion level. You know, he's got goals way higher than that, so he's got some growing to do in that aspect. You know, to to get to the higher levels that he wants to get to, but he's close now to being on that, you know, top two, top three uh, stage in, in the state. And if he's not already there um, and he's a good kid, he's a yes, sir, no, sir, kid. He, he goes hard in practice. He does what you ask him to do. And so far uh, I've just been thrilled with him. So yeah, we've got a chance to bring home hardware. And if we do, um, he'll be the first state medal medal winner for Bay high since 2012, I believe. 10-year gap, uh, 2000, actually 2010, I think. Um, coach Cliff, who's our assistant coach at Bay, uh, Coach Cliff coached a kid to the finals uh, in 2010. Um, and uh, I believe that's the last, last state medalist that Bay High's had um, since then. So he'll bridge a big gap for us. That bef Before that, if you go back before 10, there was never more than a three-year period without Bay High having a state medal winner. From 1982 to 2007 there was never more than a three-year period without a state medal winner you know now we're looking at a 12-year gap and yeah i think derek's going to feel that for sure um and then do we have other kids um uh, you know so what we have is a, a room full of beside we, we got one other kid eli stilgis who's experienced he's a senior and he wrestled before high school uh, he's got experience but he's never been to state you know and you know what that can do to you I think he's got a good chance to get to state this year. He's bigger. He's stronger. He spent his offseason at the camps and at the big tournaments. He did the right stuff. Um, and then we, the rest of our talent, we've got we've got five other kids that, that yeah, do they have a shot? They have a shot to get to state. Uh, but they are young talent, and they are uh, inexperienced on the mat. Um, but, man, they're good. They, are, they can really go. So it'll be interesting to see how their season plays out. But, you know, we could uh, we could have a really good year at Bay High. Honestly, I believe we could have a really good year. I don't know how we'll perform as a dual team uh, because we've got seven good wrestlers and then we've got seven wrestlers filling gaps that you have never wrestled before. So as a dual team, I'm not sure. But when it comes time for district and regional IBTs, I think we'll do – I think we'll do good, you know. Well – one thing is for sure. I mean, your 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 team is um, in good hands, you know, with uh, the two generations of Deaton's being there and um, the passion that and the uh, you know experience that you guys bring to it. And like we talked about earlier, the building back up of the the backyard tournament is going to serve them well. And again, you know, Jordan and I couldn't be more appreciative of what what you guys are doing and and that's the main reason we started doing this is to continue to pr to promote what you guys are doing as coaches and um ambassadors of the sport here because we know that you know north florida went through a little bit of a lull there and i think you guys are on the the forefront and cutting edge of bringing this area back into a very competitive and relevant region in the state. And I know that we're about to wrap everything up and <clears throat> I just have one last question. I know you've been around a long time. Your dad's been around a long time. 
you know, as a competitor and coach, but um, who would you say um, throughout all your experience, who would you say is your, your favorite wrestling official um, that you've, you've been exposed to over the years? I mean, you know, be honest, you know, I, I just kind of curious what you think, just, you know, coming from that field. So what's your take on that question? Everybody knows that everybody knows it's Rob Hazelwinkle. No, I, you know what? I just met Rob a couple of years ago. I didn't know Rob uh, coming up. Um, you know, hey, Glenn is on the board of Coastline Wrestling Academy. And uh, <laughs> Coastline Wrestling Academy, you know, Travis Laxton and, and Cliff Gore and myself and Glenn uh, is really on the come up, you know. Uh, so, you know, I got to lean towards Glenn, uh, but, you know, I – I like John Cohen too. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty. He's pretty good. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, missing Travis because you know we're gonna let you go for now. But one thing I'm excited to you know maybe get to get a chance to talk to you and Travis uh, both together in a couple of days is your uh, battle for the belt that you guys created. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much now. I want to have that as its own episode because I'm really excited about it. I think it's you know a fantastic idea. You know, we do that. That's the first duel of the year every year, Bay High versus South Walton. Uh, and we started it because because they were district champs, and they've been district champs for three years running now, I believe. Uh, and uh, we were district champs in 18, so, hey, let's do this. And uh, it's helped grow our program. We do it in front of the student body, so the, all the students are there. It uh, takes place during sixth and seventh period. It's always the first duel of the year. It's always the day before Border Wars, so the kids get the weight allowance of the tournament. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've said it already, but Travis and I are really good buddies. We do the club together. Uh, we Our families hang out together. Um, and I've learned a ton from Travis about wrestling and coaching. And, uh, you know, he's uh, – it, it's something that we look – it's a healthy rivalry uh, between the coaches and it's a healthy rivalry between the kids. And, and during the summer, a lot of the kids wrestle together for Coastline. So – uh, it's a battle for them because they want to be the best one on the on the club team. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it's a fun rivalry. I look forward to talking about that with you guys. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, I like that, man. We look we look forward to talking about you know, coastline, battle of the belt, and board awards with you. But we'll let you go for now. You know, let you get some rest. I know you just got out of wrestling practice. We appreciate it. But we'll get up with you a little bit later this week, my man. Thanks for listening again, North Florida wrestling fans. And thanks to Coach Zachary Deaton of the Bay High Tornadoes for giving us a little bit of his time. We look forward to having him on later on in this week. But first, we have friend and rival out of South Walton, Coach Travis Laxman on. Then we have a both back on to have our very first head-to-head duel analysis. You're going to love it. Don't miss it.